It's all about the Colts at the moment. It's time for Know Your Opponent. All about knowing your opponent. All yeah. about deep dive, getting a look, having an in-depth conversation with someone who uh, has a better idea of what's going on with Indianapolis and this Colts team than than we do because there's only so much we can glean off of watching some All-22 film and just watching a few of their games. Not really deep diving and deep looking at this team, but uh, the gentleman that we have on, Ant, does that's all he does is Colts, 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 and non stop. It's Lawrence Owens at Colts Law on Twitter. You can find his YouTube channel at uh, at Lawrence Owens. It's just Lawrence Owens. You type it in, it's the first channel that pops up. Um, and yeah, he's gonna give us a good insight at this Colts football team and what's going on. Yeah, I'm excited to uh get into this, ask some questions, um, kind of figure out where his head's at after some of these injuries and things that have been going down. And what he expects from this game on Sunday night? Hundred percent. This is going to be a big game for both teams, both organizations. Huge, yeah. And let's uh, let's check in and see how Lawrence is doing in this Colts team. Lawrence, man, how's it going? All righty, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing good. Uh, getting ready uh, for this game. It's it's a big game for both of us. So absolutely, <laughs> huge game for both of us. I mean, both teams, right? This is. <laughs> This is uh, both teams. The Niners, I didn't expect this to be the start of the season. No. Um, Colts, matter of fact, before the season, the, this Colts game was the first loss I had on the schedule for the 49ers because of this defense, how formidable you guys are. The addition of Carson Wentz back with yep. Frank Reich, I thought was going to be a huge thing. Uh, but before we get too far into that, let everyone know where they can find all of your stuff as Lawrence, because you got a lot of things going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I am. Um, Thanks for having me. My name's Lawrence Owen. I am the host of the Colts Law Podcast and the Believe in Colts Podcast. Uh, uh, Believe in Colts, my co-host is Dequell Jackson, the former Pro Bowl linebacker. And you can also find me just about anywhere you listen to podcasts on Believe in, uh, Believe in Colts. Also on YouTube, it's pretty simple. YouTube slash C slash Lawrence Owen. That's my channel. Very easy to look up. Or you can just type in Lawrence Owen or Colts Law. Very simple. Um, I'm on Newsbreak. Uh, I'm on just about anywhere you can find me. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Colts underscore law. Appreciate you having me on here. And I feel like I'm being ganged up on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're definitely not a ganging up on because for us, a 49er sandwich right now. He is yeah. in a 49er sandwich. But we get some, some Blues love there, some Colts love there in the middle. And you yeah. definitely got enough Colts love going on behind you there. For uh, for everyone here on this pod, guys, I can I can tell you what I love this setup. But the first time I watched a little bit of your pod, I was like, that right there, that that right there is that's that's goals, that's yeah. team goals, that's fan goals right there for everyone. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you want. You want that kind of support for your for your team. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I I, I think it's great. Um, hopefully we'll uh, be able to have a great great show uh, this Sunday. I got a question though. How ugly is this game going to be? Because I'm understanding it's raining right now and it's going to rain all the way through. Yeah. There's a it, chance. It, it looks like it's going to rain on Sunday night and it should be raining significantly, maybe with some higher winds than normal. Uh, not normal for a game out here uh, in, that's not in January. So True. it's going to be a little bit different. I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see 
And that's a good question. Do you think that the Colts are going to be able, you know, a normal indoor stadium team going to be able to play in the elements and the outdoors? Uh, I think Carson Wentz can handle it, but what are you thinking about the rest of the guys? Well, I mean, it's not like the Colts haven't played in, you know, weather before. And they their their practice facility is outdoors. They do go outside. They do practice outdoors a lot. They have an indoor facility if it gets too bad, like lightning or something of that nature. But they, they, they'll practice outdoors quite a bit, especially if they expect bad weather that they're going into. So, uh, yes, they are built to be a you know inside dome team but not as much as that what they were when they were uh like the manning you know era where it was just you know speed and go this is more you know the colts want to be more of a a power run game and then you know draw off of that with your pass game afterwards so and they they built themselves an offensive line and a running back stable to do that yeah you can definitely say that again <laughs> i mean that that is one of the things about this team that is so special is the the front line play. The drafting of Quentin Nelson was obviously huge for your guys' O-line. Jonathan Taylor t- took it to the next level last year for this group and has continued to sh- improve upon that this season. And you guys made the move to go get Carson Wentz, a guy that Frank Reich was very familiar with in this offense. And, and you just said it, right? The run game is the most important part, being able to power run, establish mm-hmm. that run, run it down people's throats, control the, the, the line of scrimmage, and then turn to the pass game how has Carson Wentz fit in now with this with this offense and this system? Have you seen a dramatic change from last year with Phillip Rivers to now with Carson Wentz? At first, no. But that was because Carson Wentz started the season off on that injury, that whole situation where he didn't even have training camp or preseason. The offensive line was going through all kinds of injuries as well. Uh, we're just now – you guys are having the unlucky – uh, week of running into us. I know what your guys is, you know, coming off your bye week, but we're getting some of our offensive linemen back like Quentin Nelson. So, you know, that's, that's situational. Um, but the last few weeks I have noticed a massive change now that the offensive line is starting to look a little bit better. Now that Carson Wentz is, you know, has both his ankles because he had two rolled ankles three weeks ago on the, on the same play, right? Right. Well, no, no. Uh, same game. Separate plays? Yeah, same game, separate plays. Uh, but now that he's got a little bit of his mobility back and the offensive line is playing halfway decent, you could see a massive difference between last year's passing game and this year's passing game. The last couple weeks, uh, Carson Wentz has been able to hit people downfield multiple times for 50, 60-yard passes. Yeah, and one big thing is uh, T.Y. Hilton. You know, he gets the, the quadricep injury. I was wondering, you know, do you think he's going to play? I seen he said maybe it's like a 50-50 thing. Um, what is your thinking on this? Because he is a huge part of that passing game. Yeah, honestly, if this was an ankle situation, I would say he probably wouldn't play because, you know, soggy field ankles, not, not a good situation. Uh, but since it's a quad, I think there's it's a better chance that he'll, you know, continue to sit out all of his practices. He's a veteran. He's 31. You know, he doesn't need the practices to come in and play. I think he'll probably end up playing. Whether or not he'll get a bunch of uh, snaps or targets, that's a different story. He could come in as, you know, just someone to kind of uh, get the defense to look at a little bit more because if T.Y.'s on the field, you got to pay attention to where he's at because he – brings that threat of going downfield on you so uh we'll see we'll see i i I do expect him to play 
but you know, he may, may not. It depends really not just on the trainers, but I think the weather might have a little bit to say with about it as well. Absolutely. That can definitely uh, play an impact I, I, as a guy who dealt with a lot of lower extremity injuries, especially in the later part of his career. Uh, yeah, no, it's weather. Weather makes everything worse. It just doesn't mm-hmm. make it better. It makes mm-hmm. it difficult for no reason at all whatsoever. Um, but this is that's another interesting question because Michael Pittman kind of came on the scene last year and took some people by surprise. T.Y. Hilton comes in last week. Um, you know, T.Y. takes a big target share last week in that first week back. I wouldn't say Michael Pittman didn't get targeted. He definitely got targeted. It was the second highest targets on the year. Is there a way that this offense can coexist with both of these guys and Carson Wentz? Because I've heard a lot of people, not necessarily 49ers fans, but people who divulge into fantasy football or people who are just talking about football in general and receivers around the league and like to dive into receiver play, that Michael Pittman is going to struggle if T.Y. Hilton comes back into this offense. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. What does Michael Pittman add to this this wide receiver room in your guys' offense? Oh, I, I think that they could feed off each other. Uh, T.Y. is a guy who does two things very well. One, take a top off a of defense. We already know that. But he's also a security blanket, right? When things break down in the pocket, he's he amazingly finds ways to get right in front of the quarterback in an open spot on the field so that the quarterback can dump that football off real quick. Whereas Michael Pittman Jr., yes, he can make big plays. We've seen that. Uh, what two weeks ago when or last week? When was that? That was two weeks ago when he mossed this dude and like jumped over his back, reached in front of him, grabbed it, pulled it in, and then carried two defenders into the end zone for like a 53 yard touchdown. Um, he can do that, but at the same time, he is a bigger, stronger receiver, you know, more of a 50 50 guy, like I just talked about. And I, I feel like he's more of the 10 to 15 yard kind of kind of receiver, that that mid-range type of receiver, which would benefit huge for a guy like uh to have a guy like TY who will make those safeties back off, you know, and open that that fifth that 10 to 15 yard slot for him. So I I think they feed off each other very well. One interesting thing that we've noticed over the last couple of weeks of 49ers games is both Seattle and Arizona figured out that putting the 49ers in base for three sets um, and getting Marcel Harris as the third linebacker was a bad situation for the 49ers. You guys have two very good tight ends in Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox, and mm-hmm. we like uh, Kylan Granson Love as well. Kylan Granson. Uh, but I wanted to know, do you think that Frank Reich, and I, I have an inkling how it's going to go, do you think Frank Reich will have that fortitude to just stick into those formations, load up heavy, and try to run the 49ers over they tried to. They signed uh, Michael Kendricks. They're, I think they're trying to make sure that their third linebacker is okay. But I don't know if the patchwork is gonna, you know, gonna work. So I'm wondering what your feeling is. Can he just stick with it all game long, load up, um, and really go heavy against the 49ers? That's an interesting question. And again, I think that really has to do a lot with you know how the field's gonna be, right? Um, if you're looking at a wet, rainy windy game with sloppy mud on the ground or something of that nature i fully expect him to go heavy personnel two tight ends uh you know 22 21 form uh you know formations things of that nature and and try to run it down the throat of the the niners uh front seven but here's the thing the what i've noticed is that the niners they really rely on that front seven to stop the run they 
don't worry about their secondary really helping with their run very much at all. You know, there's a lot of man coverage from what I'm seeing. Third uh, downs especially. Yeah, yeah. And Jonathan Taylor is known. If he gets into the secondary, he can take one to the house really, really fast. And that makes me a little bit worried on that end because even Fred Warner, when he was asked in his press conference a couple of days ago, you know, who was that guy in college that, that, you know, uh, was the, the toughest player you ever played against. And he said, Jonathan Taylor. So that, that makes me first off. I appreciate that. He said that to give my boy some respect. That's nice. Um, but at the same time, Fred Warner is not a, a joke of a, a linebacker, right? I mean, I, I kind of look at him and, and Darius as, you know, two of the best linebackers in football. So for him to say that, I got a feeling that him and that front seven is going to be really keyed in on stopping the run. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this all, all week. Mm -hmm. uh, the game preview show we did yesterday specifically talked about this being the, 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 one of the more important pieces, because we believe we, the Niners have to find a way to put pressure on Carson Wentz when he wants to throw the football. And the easiest way to do that is to make sure that you're neutralizing the run game, put you guys in negative game script, second and longs, third and longs, and things of that nature where everyone and their mother knows the football is being thrown here. We can just pin our ears back and go with that that fast gold rush group, whether that's you know D Ford and Nick Bosa, whether that's Bosa and Samson Ebicom, no matter what mixture we you know we like that, we enjoy that. I also enjoy uh, all the different things D'Amico Ryan's doing with the crazy blitz schemes with safeties off the edge and things of that nature. Uh, but look, you guys have had a, a butt ton of injuries recently. You start off the year with a lot of injuries, also. Uh, you know, funny enough, someone asked us Ant, in, in a live stream yesterday about this. They asked yeah. us what was one of the teams that's had, dealing with a lot of injuries. You guys are definitely one that's been dealing with quite a bit of them. Julian Blackman now with the torn, with the torn Achilles, excuse me, not an ACL, mm -hmm. but Achilles. What impact does that have on your guys' secondary, which is also dealing with a lot of injuries already? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. that That's a great question because uh, our safety depth has been really pressed this year uh, between Kari Willis uh, going out. And then Kari Willis, and then his backup got a concussion in in Sandejo. Now I think Sandejo will be able to play this this week, uh, probably be replacing Blackman. But behind them, the best guy we have is an All Pro, and that sounds funny, right? Behind our two starters, our best guy is an All Pro from last year, but he was an All Pro <laughs> in special teams, uh, okay. in, in George Odom. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, most of these guys are, you know, when we just picked up a couple guys off the street yesterday, you know, and signed them onto the team to fill in the voids. So that is one of the weaknesses that the Colts have right now because of the Blackman injury and other injuries, uh, across the safety position is, you know, our, our depth there is, is very thin at this point in time. And secondary wise, you got Rocky Sim who's been hurt as well. He got mm -hmm. hurt again. Is he going to be playing? Um, and what about Xavier Rhodes? Is he going to be playing? I thought that Xavier Rhodes was going to be playing, but I wasn't sure. I think Xavier's going to be playing. Um, as for Rock, I don't know yet. Uh, he hasn't practiced, but again, you know, the Colts are in a situation where uh, Rock has played when he's been able to play this year has been our best cornerback, which is odd because last year he was not. 
All right. Last year he had issues with, you know, pass interference penalties, grabbing guys, you know, when he gets beat, stuff like that. This year he's been absolutely a stud. Um, so if he can go even without practice, I think the Colts will, will get him to go. Uh, Kenny Moore is maybe the best nickel in football. All right. And so he also plays very well on the outside as well. Our starting three corners are very good corners uh, in the NFL. Our backups, on the other hand, that's, again, another question because of the injuries that we have suffered uh, to our backups this season and the starters. Uh, we're just really thin across the, the defensive back backfield right now. Yeah, that's that's yeah. rough. I mean, I, as a the guy who as as a team and a fan of a team that dealt with that last season on top of injuries to your to your front line also that doesn't make it any better as well. But your front line, your front line not dealing with too many injuries and DeForest Buckner, you guys made that trade with San Francisco just a few years ago to bring mm -hmm. this guy in. What Thank impact you. Honestly, it was something San Francisco was going to have to do. It was either bring this guy back in, sign him to a lot of money, and then let go of other pieces in other places mm -hmm. and lose some depth in other in other ways, or you find a way to trade this guy, get some value back, and then sign whoever it is that you traded him for that draft pick and a few other guys. And that's what the Niners did. That's the route they chose. Um, you know, it's worked out a little bit to an extent. I think the only thing that hasn't really worked out is Kinlaw not being 100% healthy. If Kinlaw was 100% healthy, I think 49ers fans would be a little more hush-hush on it because you could see him playing at a high level at 100%. Right now, he's playing at a pretty good level at, like, probably 75 80% of what he actually could be. Uh, so it's just frustrating. It's frustrating as 49ers fans because oh, yeah. you can't get them all healthy. But what has Buckner's impact been for this Colts front, for this Colts defense this year and and when you guys first acquired him? I said thank you for a reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty good. Thank you. He's clear he's, enough, he's, uh, he's I. He's I. He's I. Uh, no, Buckner is a stud, dude. Uh, at three tech, I I I couldn't have asked for a better three tech. Uh, he he him and him and Donald, in my opinion, are are the top two three techs in the in the NFL. And I thought that before the Colts got him in the trade. You know, um, he was a stud before the San Francisco 49ers surrounded him with more talent around that front seven. Okay. Uh, I, I, I loved DeForest Buckner. And what's great is he's not just good against rushing the passer. He is so solid at, at staying steady, holding his own and, 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 and making tackles in the run game and tackles for losses, things of that nature. He, he is so good. And, he really brings out the best in the uh, in, in the Colts front seven because when him and his fellow defensive tackle, the one tech um, uh, that's sitting there with him, and for some reason my brain just stopped. <laughs> uh, I can't it believe that. It, it happens oh, to the best goodness. of us, man. It happens to the best of us. Uh, there was earlier this year where I was literally forgetting – who our left guard was. And I know it's Lincoln Tomlinson. I know that a thousand times out of a thousand times. And for whatever reason, Lincoln Tomlinson's yep. name just literally <laughs> slipped in my mind. And Aunt looked at me and was like, Tomlinson, Lincoln, yeah. That, yeah, I, I know who that is. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you holding holding off everything so I can get the name back. Grover Stewart. Uh, <laughs> him and Grover Stewart have been a solid middle combination. Um, we, as a team, uh, giving up rushing yards up the middle, uh, as a team, only give up 2.1 yards a carry up the gut. Wow. Okay, really so good. the all of our 
big time run is back when the, uh, we played the Titans and Derrick Henry got around the edge. And that's where all the yardage that, that has built up to get us near four yards to carry as a team on defense, uh, where, where that came from. But overall, our run defense is solid, and uh, Buckner is really that guy who is the centerpiece, that, that foundation piece for that. He, he can still get to the quarterback, um, he's not been getting the sacks, but he's getting a lot of pressures and hits. So, you know, uh, sacks will come, um, especially when you go up against quarterbacks that aren't nearly as athletic and mobile as the Colts have played all year. I mean, because right. the Colts' first five games of the year was just stupid, ridiculously good uh, quarterbacks out there, you know. So, I mean, we, we played Russell Wilson. Uh, we had uh, Matt, yeah, Matt Stafford. Uh, we, we had Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we had some pretty good quarterbacks that we had to play against. So um, I got a question, if you don't mind, what's the status of Jimmy G? He's good. He, they, they think he's going to be hundred percent ready to go on Sunday. I know they're saying he's limited in practice, but it's really just limited on what drills he does. Um, but he's doing rollouts. He's throwing the football. He's able to press off the back leg from what we've seen. So Which is huge. It, it's huge because it doesn't look like Trey is going to be able to go this week. So it's going to be Nate Sudfell as the backup to Jimmy G. Um, so Jimmy needs to be out there and he needs to be playing. Um, or it, it could definitely change the offense in a big way real quick. Oh, no doubt. Because uh, Jimmy, you guys win when Jimmy G's at quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's just flat. That's 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 uh, that that's not uh just a random statement you go look at the stats i mean they're like what so you, you lose 75 percent of your games if he's not playing isn't, isn't that the stat i mean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so. it's, it's not wrong it's, it's crazy because it's a completely polarizing situation too mm -hmm. if you've even delved anywhere into 49ers twitter oh boy you know that that is one of the most divisive things is jimmy g versus trey lance and the real mm -hmm. fact is most of the fan base is ready to move on from Jimmy G. But from an out outside perspective, like you said, he's a guy that wins football games. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever you can have a quarterback out there that can win you a football game or wins football games when he's out there, um, you usually want that guy strapping it up. So, I mean, Typically. from what we've seen on film, Jimmy G has executed when he's supposed to. The problem is, like against Seattle, first drive is great, but he gets hurt on the first drive. And after that, his form goes you see him not pressing off his back leg. He starts floating the football, and all of a sudden he's throwing errant passes. And as soon as that happens, um, he's not going to be effective, and he's going to throw into situations and cause turnovers. Uh, and it's just bad for the 49ers because they really do count on the rhythm, and he gets the ball out in a, in a good way. Um, but when he's not doing it, then the offense struggles a little bit. And last week, Trey Lance missed some open receivers, and it's unfortunate. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I was noticing, I was looking at the turnover ratios, and uh, that's something the Colts have been able to hang their hat on. They're like third in the NFL uh, mm -hmm. in turnover ratio. And then I looked, and I had to keep scrolling down, scrolling down, <laughs> scrolling down, scroll. Yep. Oh, wait, the defense for the Niners have only gotten two turnovers all year? Yep. What? Rough. What's up with that? What's, it what's is actually been a, it's actually been a concern for the 49ers throughout the years. Um, I remember the one thing about 2019 was that turnovers actually happened for them and they don't, ha they haven't happened this year. Drake Greenlaw had the pick six against Detroit mm -hmm. looks good. Um, but besides that, just the Dante Johnson caused fumble in this last game. Other than that, they've gotten the ball to the ground. 
Mm -hmm. They just haven't been able to recover it for some reason. It's it's been frustrating. I've been yeah. telling Ant this for weeks. It felt like literally nothing was bouncing our way. We had the uh, you had Josh Norman as Aaron Jones is going out of out of bounds towards the sideline, punch one out, ball bounces twice in bounds, and then just shoots out of bounds. It's like, dude, come on. When when is one of those just gonna sit there or kick back into play and we grab it? You had the kickoff return too on one of them where we knocked the ball out and literally the ball bounces in front of the guy and pops back up and right back into his hands. I mean, we've had, we've had a couple of those this year. Um, you know, the Niners would be sitting at about five or six forced turnovers. The ball bounced their way. Uh, but some of it, too, also is, is the fact that the defense has been forced and asked to stay on the field a lot because the mm -hmm. offense has been going through and out. Defense gets tired. And so then teams start getting extended drives that they probably wouldn't have if the 49ers offense was moving the ball just a little bit better and executing. So definitely complimentary football. Being able to play it will help. Uh, the 49ers offense is able to get rolling a little bit. That should help the defense be able to play at that high level later in games and put some pressure on you. And, you know, hopefully your guys' D off offense or whoever it is throughout the season because the offense has got to get it figured out at some point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the reason why we lost the Ravens game. Uh, two games we lost, we should have won, and we should have won, was the Rams. We beat them, and then we didn't beat them. Uh, we 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 left 17 points on the board. All right, that 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 should have been a game over situation. The Ravens, we were beating them 21 to three or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they were. With, that was that was in the fourth good. quarter. Yeah, but but the 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 reason why it happened, the defense in the second half uh, was staying on the field too long. They they were uh, they they're, they're a bend but don't break defense. And they bent and didn't break the whole game. And then in the fourth quarter, because of that, they were on the field a long time and they got tired and the Ravens realized this and they started running hurry up offense. Right. And that the way you could not get anybody in, in the game to, to, to substitute, to get some fresh legs out there. So, you know, that's, that's a great thing. I, I, I actually, have a lot of respect for both coaches in this game. I think they're both very, very good coaches. And I'm really excited to see what happens this week um, between both coaches. Because I, I I love Frank Reich, obviously, but I really like Shanahan as well and what he's done with the, the 49ers. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it's schemed up because I think mm -hmm. there's some interesting matchups on both sides. I think it's going to be fun. I, I, I do. I think this is going to be one of those ones where the whole, you know, the whole league is going to be watching the Sunday night football. It's going to be exciting. Fortnite are going to be wearing their throwback red uniforms from, you know, the 94 style. I mean, nice. of course, we know it's actually from early on in the. It's, it's earlier but, than that, but it's um, fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be nice. It'll, it'll be a nice contrast of styles. Uh, I'm actually hoping that, you know, we don't get as much rain so it doesn't play, you know, a big role in the game. But I think it'll be exciting to watch. And I'm curious to see how both teams scheme it up because. I think there's some interesting ways that Frank Wright can attack this defense and see if it works. And then D'Amico Ryan's defense for the 49ers. I mean, this guy has been scheming it up. He he was holding Kyler Murray in check, um, and he really had him confused until the fourth quarter. So I think that it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go against Wentz because I think they had a, a blueprint last year against the Eagles. Um, but you you know the Colts and you guys have a, a very good run game that's a little bit different than the Eagles team. And if they get the 49ers in those base 4-3 personnel sets, I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah, I've also noticed that Wentz is not the same quarterback that he was when he was with the Eagles. And when I say that, I don't mean just because of a different team or different mindset or something. Frank Reich 
has a specific way of coaching quarterbacks, right? And he's, he's had different quarterbacks every year for the last five straight, every year that he's been here, he's had a different starting quarterback. And every year, other than the Joe, Jacoby Brissett year, and even Brissett had a decent season, but, you know, the rest of the team uh, had a lot of injuries that year. But all in all, he knows how to bring out what's good in a quarterback and and limit turnovers and things of that nature. And that's something that, you know, you don't see with Carson Wentz this year as, as you had last year. Carson Wentz right now has the best turnover, touchdown interception ratio in the NFL. You nine, know. nine, nine touchdowns in one pick, correct? Wow. Yes, yes, yes. And he's only had one fumble as well. So, Good. I mean, Good. that's he's he's doing very, very well protecting the football. And like I said, you know, the offense has just opened up the last two weeks. So be, because, you know, we've had injuries and it, it took a while for him to, to get to know the players around him and stuff. So I really do believe that uh, this is going to be an interesting game because <sighs> – Carson knows the Niners. Niners know Carson. You guys have played a few times. Um, so this 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 will be very interesting. And I'm I'm kind of curious to see how DeForest Buckner does in this game because he's already stated in his press conference, yeah, this is a personal game for me. You know, uh he he feels kind of jolted, I guess, a little bit because he was traded and wasn't even given a heads up on it is what he's saying that he wasn't even told he, he was traded then told him that, Hey, you know what? You're traded and wasn't even given a warning that hey, they were even shopping him around. So that's kind of, that's, I guess that kind of put a little bit of a spur under him. How's your guys' offensive line doing right now, by the way, like say, I don't know the guard or center. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big, uh, big topic in 49 land. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Daniel Brunskill, I mean, it's crazy. Daniel Brunskill is the right guard. Now, Lakin Tomlinson is 11th in the league. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been doing fine. But Daniel Brunskill is the Aaron Donald stopper. I mean, you put him against Aaron Donald, he he shuts him down for some odd reason. Don't know. And it's every time he plays. It's every not time. Like, he did it one time, and, and I were like, wow, that was great. But, you know, it's one time. And then he would have his up and downs. And then they played Aaron Donald again. And I was like, all right, we'll see what happens. And he did it again. I was like, what is going on? This guy against Aaron Donald is an all-pro, but against everybody else. But, yeah, he's been struggling the last couple of weeks. He really has. And I think that, you know, there's they're definitely trying to push his buttons and get him to step up his game. They're starting to talk about Aaron Banks again and just, you know, that he's going to be ready at some point to take that position. But that is a matchup issue. I mean, DeForest Buckner against Daniel Brunskill. Um, the Buck's hand technique and the way that he uses his hands and his swim over, arm over move is fantastic. And, we got to see it on full display, and that's going to be a, a big mismatch on the interior. They're going to have to give him help, whether that is using Alex Mack, you know, to give him help or whatever it is. So I'm curious how they do it. I'm guessing they're also going to, you know, try to use running backs at times or tight ends, um, whatever they can do to help, you know, chip him, do whatever they need to do. But it'll be interesting to see how they do it because that's a real mismatch. And I say that to say this: Quiddy Pay, is he going to be able to, you know, be able to bring the edge rush for the the Colts this week? Is he going to be? Is he going to line up against Trent Williams out there? Uh, yeah, he, I, I, I do believe that Quiddy Pay will be playing this week. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how much of an edge rush that he'll have. Trent's pretty solid there at the left tackle position, so uh, that's yeah. that's one position you guys really don't have a lot of worry about over there on that offensive line. So, um, uh, I have a lot of hopes for Quiddy, but Quiddy's more of a project pass rusher. Uh, very raw, but incredibly talented, you know, like just physically gifted, 
guy, right? But he's still got a lot to learn about counter moves and things of that nature that he's been working on. And the injuries that he's been dealing with uh, since the season started really hasn't helped him develop as, as well as we'd like. Uh, he almost had an interception last week, uh, which was weird. I never, ever want to <laughs> see Quiddy Pay drop into coverage, but he, he exactly. almost did. Um, here, someone that I think you guys probably ought to watch for is uh, a guy who has had a turnover every game but one this year for the Colts, um, and that's Darius Leonard. Uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's a guy who – not just intercepts, but has a knack for knocking the football out, right? He he forces more fumbles than anyone else in the NFL. Uh, that's what he does. He's really, really good at it. Um, and if you're playing, especially in a game where, you know, we're worried about, you know, having rain, wind, mud, everything slippery, that, that plays in, in, in the Darius's hand, really, you know, with his ability to knock the ball out. Uh, how well have you guys, uh, as an offense, been able, you know, ball control wise, you know, being able to hold on to that ball and and not, and not give it up? And, and I understand you guys have had running back issues, and I'd like to ask a question about that later. But uh, that's that's my question right now. And I'm sorry for asking. I know I'm on oh, your no. guys' show, but oh, I- ask away. <laughs> no, ask away. You have to. Um, yeah, ball control wise, in terms of fumbles, um, we've had they've been. F- kind of weird situations we had a missed toss pitch um with jermichael hasty that ended up actually with him spraining his ankle he gets hit after the play uh, during the play excuse me and that leads to him being out for a little bit we're gonna have him Mm -hmm. back this week but he's had some fumbling issues elijah mitchell not really there's been nothing there he's secured the ball very very well and then Debo had the one uh, out in open space at the end of the lions game where it got punched out from behind which is very undebo samuel like Mm -hmm. at all it's just not something that happens so it hasn't been too much of an issue with us in terms of fumbling the football. Um, it really has just been moving the ball consistently. That's where the struggles have been offensively. It's just consistently moving, executing on certain downs and distances, um, whether it's fourth and short, you know, second and medium, whatever it is. Uh, we had a second and medium and Kyle Shanahan's calling a run play to get two to three more yards to try and put us in a third and short and then have the whole playbook at his disposal for third down and be able to capitalize whatever way he wants uh someone misses a block uh, someone forgets an assignment someone gets beat that shouldn't i mean it, it's been everybody i've seen i've seen it happen to mac i've seen it happen to brunskill i've seen it happen to uh to mike mcglinchey it's happened to george kittle a couple of times um happened a lot a couple weeks ago with charlie warner and ross dwelly and that is an area of concern definitely this week two backup tight ends going up against you know the front that you guys have darius leonard out there in space trying to get up to second level and make some blocks uh, definitely a concern and definitely something you guys can take advantage of. Um, we're definitely losing something a little bit in the run game and definitely a little bit in the pass game, not having Kittle. Yeah. I, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I it's mean that honestly, now. because I yeah. love Kittle. All right. And, and this two years in a row. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awful. That's like, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it, I want to say it's kind of like the Paris Campbell thing with, with the Colts, uh, but I know Kittle has had more success than than Paris, but, you know, three years in a row, Paris Campbell has, you know, whenever he's out on the field, he shows he's a great player, but he's got to be on the field to play, right? And he's been hurt three years in a row. I mean, he's he just got hurt last week after a 51-yard touchdown pass. 
And now they're saying he's going to be out till around Christmas. So over a foot injury. So uh, yeah, that's, that's not a, that's that injuries these days. It's, it's awful. It's bad. Last year, you guys went through it and I've compared the Colts this year to last year's 49ers, you know, in in streams that I've had last um, uh, in the past. I was like, Last year's 49ers was decimated. If they weren't decimated, they would have had a much better run and probably made the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. And I feel the same way with the Colts. You know, they just, the unlucky, you know, injury bug really hurts. Um, I wanted to bring up your guys' running back core uh, because I I understand you guys have had some injuries. There are rumors because Marlon Mack is on the trade block. He asked the Colts. He asked Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, hey, I'm not getting many touches. I know you're not going to want to keep me after this year. Would you be willing to trade me? And they put him on the trade block as a favor to him. And I'm I'm curious. And I'm going to tell you straight up. I think Marlon Mack is better now than what he was two years ago. Even after the Achilles injury. I went to 80, 80%, right? About 80% of the training camp practices this year. Uh, so sat there and watched. He's amazing. Uh, he's got great side to side cut speed. Uh, he's he changes direction wonderfully. Still got great hands. And what's better is he's 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 playing with a confidence that I haven't seen in 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 him since his sophomore season. So um, I, I really think that Marlon Mack can can really do a team who is running back needy a huge you know boost in, in their stable. And I mean, the Colts have got a stable that's four deep. Uh, we got, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor. We got Marlon Mack. We got Naheem Hines, who's really good too. We just extended Naheem Hines for three years, six million a year. And then our fourth running back, Jordan Wilkins, averages six yards a carry. So you know, and, and he averages fifty carry. I mean, this is for his career. He averages six yards a carry, and he averages about fifty carries a season. So, you know, he, he, he's pretty decent as well. So I'm, as much as I hate to see Mac go, I love Mac a lot. And I hope he goes to a good team. And I think that the Niners would be a really great team. And I was just curious what your guys' thoughts on that would be. I think that, yeah, because we kind of tried to tackle this a couple weeks ago. And I think the big thing is, yes, we're needy for a, a running back. Just how gun shy is John Lynch about pulling the trigger after giving up so much draft capital to get Trey Lance? I think that is the key is just seeing what he needs to do to keep a a draft together. Uh, They do have Jeff Wilson that'll be coming back at some point in November. And I think that they're trying to hold out. Um, I think Marlon Mack would fit perfectly in the 49ers scheme. I think he would go gangbusters in Kyle Shanahan's system. I would love to trade for him and sign him to an extension and just let this guy roll because I think he's he could be a big time player for them for the next, you know, four or five years. Uh, I just don't know if they're willing to make that trade. I think if they win a couple of games um, right there before the trade deadline, they might be willing to jump in and say, you know what? Yeah, let's get this guy. Let's roll with it. Uh, let's get this running game going. I think they're hoping Elijah Mitchell is going to be the guy that can get it going for them. And Jamichael Hasey can kind of figure it out. But Trey Sermon hasn't done a whole lot. Trey Sermon is not the guy that they expected that they were going to get the draft. So the Marlon Mack thing is a possibility. Just how gun shy is John Lynch to pull the trigger and make the move? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's, that's I have the same feelings yeah. there with the Mac situation. Um, and and if Trey Sermon had developed this, would this would be a non-starter if he had mm-hmm. 
shown some of the promise that we I, I don't even want to say that we were hoping Not for us, because yeah. we didn't we didn't honestly believe it. On draft night, we were sitting there and when they picked Trey Sermon, we were both kind of like, huh? What? This doesn't fit. None of this fits. He doesn't fit the scheme. He's not the type of running back that Kyle usually goes after. What's going on? And we had a lot of people trying to, you know, talk us into maybe mm -hmm. more of a vertical run game. There's a shift coming. They made the move for Aaron Banks. Like, this is this is the future. This is the way. Trey's the way. They're going to develop this guy. And it's like, okay, Trey Sermon, maybe this is the route. And so far, it, I mean, it just hasn't worked out the way Kyle wants. I mean, it's obvious they, they got injury depleted and Trey Sermon was the only option. It was like, yeah, non-starter. We're not handing the ball off 15, 20 times a game. He's not getting that many touches. We don't trust it. Um, so, I mean, Mac would immediately add a, a running back who's proven in this league, proven commodity. And the one thing we know about Kyle Shanahan is you can give him a, an average run of the mill running back who anywhere else in the league does, you know, average things, six, 700 yards. And it's, you call it a day and they're three and a half, maybe four yard to carry guy. And you give him a good running back or a proven running back. And Oh my goodness gracious. You mm -hmm. know, they're, they're going to light it up. Um, and that's how I feel. You, you put someone like Marlon Mack in the system and, and he's going to, tear it up he's going to absolutely rub out alice's run game but that's the big concern now is with as much capital as you've already mm -hmm. let go of i mean it's just how how do you want to roll if the 49ers we were laughing on draft night about the seattle seahawks not drafting until the third round and only having like three picks in the draft we're getting dangerously close <laughs> to that territory now if you start making a bunch of moves do you can you afford that i don't know yeah well another thing that that, that is a benefit of marlon mack that a lot of people don't realize is he's he's like a fully rounded running back he not only runs the ball well can run it inside run it outside not only can catch the football but he has incredibly good he never puts the ball on the ground and he's a, a very very good pass blocker and he wasn't those two things his rookie year and the reason why he got better is because for three years with the indianapolis colts his running back coach really just that that coach focused hardcore on that and you guys probably know who the running back coach was that the Colts had at that time and that's Tom Rathman all right so he he's all about protecting the football mm -hmm. being able to run between the tackles and being able to pass block and every one of our backs now can do that even little skinny Naheem Hines can do that so um what what do you I, think it would take to get mac what 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 is the draft capital you think would honest, have to get get honestly i think ballard right now because of the injury situation if you guys had a decent defensive back in a seventh round pick would probably pull it off right okay hmm. <laughs> I, I think, it, I, think it would, I think it would be tempting i think it would and um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're, I mean, maybe that's why they made the, you know, the preliminary call to kind of see where, mm -hmm. you know, where everything is sitting at, whether they revisit it or not, it's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, you know, before the trade deadline. Uh, it's definitely interesting. I, I would not hate it because I like Mac a lot as a player. Mm -hmm. So if he came mm -hmm. over, I would think that'd be a big move for the 49ers. Um, if, if they think that they can be contenders, they've proven that they're willing to do that before 2019 Emmanuel Sanders, they give up two picks for him. Uh, so they're not afraid to do it if they think it's going to be a big move. Maybe max that guy. We definitely got to get the run game going. If we don't get yeah. the run game going, 
uh, season's going to be over real quick. So yeah, uh, if Max the answer, get it done today. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. I'd like to have him for the for the Colts game, but it's a little too, oh, yeah. little we'll too late. A little game, too yeah. late in the week for that, <laughs> most likely, I would imagine. Uh, look, the, one of the last things I want to talk to you about was, mm-hmm. you know, you guys didn't have Quentin Nelson. I know you had mentioned, is is he going to be back this weekend? Is he's he practic- he, he is practicing, so he's expected Ooh. to be playing this week. Nice. So that's huge. How oh, much of well, a yeah. loss... How much of a loss was it for? I mean, you guys' run game is still still ended up producing and doing a lot of good things, mm-hmm. but just overall in terms of protection scheme, keeping Carson upright and things of that nature early on in the year, how big of an impact was it not having him on the field? And what what, what do you expect to change in terms of what you've had success with already? Because despite not having Nelson in there, you guys have had success and put up some points and in some some tough games that rams game you guys put up a lot of points you put up a lot of points against the ravens and then late things kind of just slowed down Mm -hmm. um you know does does nelson change some of that for you well i mean he's the best interior offensive lineman in football of course it changes things for you Uh, (laughs) (laughs) luckily we have good interior backups on the line uh, our, our exterior backups were questionable at the beginning of the season, like on, you know, on the tackle positions. Uh, but our interiors like Chris Reed, uh, very, very solid. Danny Pinter, very, very solid. Um, and when, when Nelson was out, Chris Reed filled in, uh, did such an admirable job that they are going to let him share some reps with Mark Glowinski at right guard this week. If Quentin Nelson starts, just to kind of see who's who's the best because uh both these guys their their contracts in this year and they're gonna figure out uh reed is younger you know glowinski's in his uh early 30s now you know so we'll they're gonna try him out a little bit and see where 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 that goes but obviously having uh it's very rare to say that an offensive lineman, especially a guard, is a game-changing player, but Quentin Nelson is. And, yeah, of course, it affects the game. <laughs> I, Good. I, I love the big guys up front. So Quentin Nelson mm-hmm. is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He just gets after it. He's got plays with that physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping he plays because I want to see him play in this game and see how he handles, you know, DJ Jones and, and Javon Kinlaw and kind of those guys. I mean, he's just a freak of nature, and I, yeah. I'm curious how he handles the business. Um, but it's always good to see the best players out there. Oh yeah, absolutely, always. absolutely. Uh, just just FYI, uh, him and Donald played week two. Remember against each other, yeah. Aaron Donald yeah. and Quentin Nelson. Aaron Donald never touched the quarterback. No, not once. No. All right, okay. and that was that was that was a, a thing that I was like, you know, that that that's that's the matchup of the year, right? I mean, Aaron right. Donald versus Quentin Nelson, who's going to get the, now Aaron Donald still found ways to make plays. He, he caused an interception uh, by, by knocking down Jack Doyle as he was running past him on a, on a shuffle pass. Uh, and, you know, during that shuffle pass, Aaron Donald just elbowed the tight end an elbow and knocks him straight to the ground. And there's the, obviously he's not there to catch the football and the shuffle pass was went right into a linebacker's hands, you know, but I mean, Aaron Donald, you, you can't completely stop a guy like that, but I mean, yeah, I, I really like what uh, the Colts interior this year of their offensive line have been doing. Um, that, that was, that was something you guys uh, decided to keep 
what was his name? Um, oh, he was playing really good with Buckner, and that's why he decided to keep him and pay him eighteen Armstead. million. Yeah, Armstead. Eric Armstead. What's what's going on with Armstead? Armstead is having a Buckner-like season. So really? they both are. Yeah, there are pressures, hurries, all that stuff. Um, the the production in sacks isn't there, but we've been playing against Kyler and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and <laughs> you know he's, he's kind of going through those same things. I think I know right? what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you were describing Buckner's season, it sounded eerily similar to what's going on with Armstead, but he's been playing absolutely fantastic this year. Having Bosa back has been big because last year Armstead played outside more than he ever does. Because on obvious pass downs, they want to kick him inside. And when mm -hmm. he plays inside, he's in absolute trouble for guards usually. I'm guessing they keep him away from Quentin Nelson and they try to put Probably him smart. on other guys. Probably smart. Um, but it, it, yeah, I mean, he's been doing very good this year. And I think it's actually quieted a lot of the haters here with the 49ers. Now, this week, because Buckner's up, I mean, a lot of the calls are coming back because everyone loved Buck. Um, but, they, you know, the Niners had to make a decision. We can pay Armstead, bring back Jimmy Ward, and draft Kinlaw, or we can keep Buckner. And they ultimately went with, you know, A. I'm not saying that they ultimately think A was the best decision now. I don't know if they do. Um, but it was something they felt they had to do at the time. And, yeah, he, he's going to make an impact on this game. I think you can guarantee he'll get in there and at least cause a couple hurries and get Carson Wentz to, to move a little bit in the pocket. He's just been too consistent doing that. In fact, I predicted he's going to have uh, two sacks in this game. God, we hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. I, I hope so. All right. I hope Carson Wentz steps back to pass two times in this game. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> exactly. The weather's going to be like this. Right? Exactly. Be like this. <laughs> Less throwing the football, more running the football. Yeah. Take care of that thing. Yeah. Make sure that you control the ball as long as you can. Yeah, we're going to get some Lombardi seal here and a seal here. <laughs> go. Go, baby. Yep. Go. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Lawrence, this was incredible. This yep. was a lot of fun. Thank you for the insight into the Colts. I know the Cutback Crew loves it. They appreciate it. And uh, let everyone else know again where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Colts underscore law. Uh, you can check me out anywhere. You can uh, you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's, uh, Believe in Colts with uh, myself and former Pro Bowl linebacker, Dequel Jackson. And, of course, you can check me out on YouTube at Lawrence Owen. Uh, or you can look up Colts Law either way. It, it's it's there. It's pretty simple. Thank you. Thank you again. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. Enjoyed the conversation. Looking forward to the game. Uh, it's going to be fun. And, and thanks for all the insight. I really do appreciate it. I, th I feel mm -hmm. like I know the Colts a whole lot better now than I did just oh, a little better. bit ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, I follow all the teams, but I love sitting here and joining guys like you uh, who follow your team obviously way more than I do. Uh, so that I can get a better feel for the team that we're getting ready to face as well. So um, much appreciated. All right. Thank you. Well, well, yeah, Alex, you that was absolutely exciting. I enjoyed it. I, that was a great conversation. What a good guy. Um, knows his team inside and out. And I think after hearing everything that um, has been said, I have a very good idea of, of what's going to be in tomorrow's uh, game plan episode. You know, that's right. <laughs> You know that's right, Ant. Yeah. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. This was a blast. It was a lot of fun getting some good insight about this Colts team from a guy who's been following him for a long time and been oh, doing yeah. a lot of film stuff on this Colts team. He's been doing a lot of film stuff on his channel on YouTube about the about the Colts. Um, and so just to get a little look in his head of what's going on with this group, you know, where their strengths lie, where the weaknesses lie, what his concerns are. You know, some of them are concerns that we've shared with him. Uh, but that that information on Quentin Nelson, 
I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't realize this was going to be a thing that he was going to be available. That's huge for that Colts team who's already not been I wouldn't say they've been struggling offensively. It's been inconsistency. Uh, that that can sure up a lot of inconsistency issues in a hurry. That guy is an absolute problem and now Javon Kinlaw and DJ Jones are going to have their hands full. Yeah, they are. And then on obvious pass downs, it's going to be Eric Armstead sometimes. You know, that's right. And let's see what happens when you put strength on strength. You know, you get can they single up Quentin Nelson one on one with Eric Armstead? And like we've said, Armstead needs to win these battles. He needs to earn his paycheck. And this will be a good week to do it. Um, I've predicted he's going to get two sacks in this football game. And I have no doubt that he can get one on Mr. Nelson. as 100%. well. 100%. So uh, get it done, Eric. Prove me right. Let's get some tummy rubbing. Um, let's get some excitement going. And let's get some buck who. I need some Buck who in my life, and because Buckner's been playing great for them. He has. And 49ers yeah, fans. I love Buck. Uh, who doesn't love Buck? Yeah. 49ers fans still love Buck. They can't, they they won't let it go, Ant. They won't let it go. And the only way they'll even consider letting it go if Eric Armstead starts playing at that kind of level. And he has been so far this year. The numbers don't show it. But it's the same for Buckner this year. Buckner's sack the numbers, numbers are almost identical. They're almost exactly yeah. the same. They and in fact, if I remember correctly from what I read, Armstead is technically graded up higher right now than DeForest oh, no, Buckner is, by once yeah. by I think a spot or two. He is, yeah. So 49ers fans, we, we got ourselves a piece here and we got the pieces we need for this team to get it done this week. You know, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tight game. And if it is raining, like Lawrence said, this time be a this thing could be a slobber knock rant. This thing could be a knockdown brawl where not a lot of footballs are being thrown, but a lot of running is happening. Hopefully the 49ers can get their run game going, man. Um, they need to. To be honest, minus it being a monsoon or there being just a heavy win, like crazy win, they're going to throw the football. These guys are used to playing in the rain. They're used to making – Also true. Um, this isn't old school football. I think – We're you, not going to see like 100 runs? Could you see an uptick in the run game? Yes. You saw what happened when the 49ers played Washington in 2019 where it was you know heavy rain and they did have to change it a little bit. But still even then you saw – you know passes being converted and stuff so hey you know what the good news is and if it's that cold outside you don't have to worry about alex max sweat so there's that well yeah everything's gonna be wet you don't have to worry about no. uh his, his sweaty cheeks they're gonna be sweaty or wet enough they're so. gonna be wet enough they're gonna yeah. be soaking you know what jimmy garoppolo been practicing with those sweaty cheeks all season long he should be ready he should be prepared and good to go oh yeah he'll be down with the drip <laughs> 100 percent this was a great time this was a lot of fun yep. make sure you head on over to the colts law lawrence owens podcast over there on his youtube channel give him some love link in the description also going to be pinned over here in the comments section give him some love let him know that you uh, liked definitely. what you had to see and uh, it was a great conversation it's a lot of fun hopefully we get to do that again soon and uh, but until the next one cut back crew and the faithful stay safe remember the right way is always the 49ers way <laughs>